everybody, and welcome to Swan Lounge. It's Friday. We are lounging. We've got a super exciting show today, or at least I'm excited about it. You don't have to be excited about it. So let's do it. Bitcoiners, pre-coiners, no-coiners, new-coiners, welcome to Swan Lounge, a weekly show in which you get to hang out with the Swan team and some of our friends from the incredibly exciting world of Bitcoin. Now, before we dive in, as always, we are giving away Jan Pritzker's book, Inventing Bitcoin, for free in an effort to spread Bitcoin knowledge. Uh, you can grab your copy at swanbitcoin.com slash free book. We have it in three different formats, uh, ebook, MP3, read by our friend Guy Swan over at Bitcoin Audible. Uh, all we ask is that you share it with your friends and family. Spread the good word about Bitcoin. Um, now, to all of our Swan Force members out there, uh, remember that if you go to your dashboard, you can actually find a link to give the book away. And if somebody reads the book and you know downloads the book and signs up for Swan, you get the referral credit. And if you are not signed up for Swan Force, at this point, like I just, I have no words for you. Go sign up for Swan Force. What are you doing, okay? It's the best referral program in all of Bitcoin. You get paid to recruit Bitcoiners. You're already doing it. You're already bothering your neighbors and annoying everybody. And you're probably that Bitcoin guy or gal and they, they don't even want to hear about Bitcoin anymore. But if you're doing it anyway, get paid. Get paid to, to, to spread the good word about Bitcoin. If, if they sign up with your link, they will get $10 of UTC and you will earn 25% of Swan's fees on their purchases for three years. Also, make sure to watch to the end of the episode. We have, as usual, a special segment called Swan Force Fridays, where we will put our guests on the clock and give them 60 seconds to give us their best Bitcoin pitch. Now, I'd also like to welcome anyone who is new to the show and new to Swan Bitcoin. Now, you might be asking, what is this Swan Bitcoin thing? Well, quite simply, Swan Bitcoin is the easiest and best way to buy Bitcoin in the United States. You just go to swanbitcoin.com. And also, your first buy is on us. Sign up today and you will get $10 of free Bitcoin. Now, we are live in all 50 states and territories, including Puerto Rico. We offer automatic recurring buys, instant buys. And we recently launched Swan Private for corporations and high net worth individuals. If you're interested in those services, please visit swanbitcoin.com slash private. Now, before I bring in our guests, you know what's coming. One last thing. Hit that like button and hit subscribe. Doing so helps us get seen on YouTube and helps us grow the show, which in turn helps us reach more people and spread the good word about Bitcoin. And now, um, without any further ado, any further ado? No, no more further ado. It is time for Swan Lounge. Welcome, everybody. I'm going to do a quick intro of our guests, uh, some really, really cool people in the space. We have Gary Leland, host of the Crypto Cousins podcast, as well as the founder of the BitBlock Boom Conference in Dallas, Texas, which is taking place in uh, August on, from the 26th to the 29th. I think it's sold out, but uh, who knows? Maybe Gary can dig up a few tickets if you're if you're if you're lagging behind and get your tickets. Um, I'm super excited to go. I missed it last year, and it was amazing two years ago. So I'm very very excited. Then we have Gloria Zhao, a Bitcoin core developer and a fellow of the Brink Developer Fund. Uh, I'm really excited to hear what she's working on. Um, apparently package relay for Bitcoin mempools. What are those? I don't know. We'll find out though. And then we've got Ben Kaufman. Uh, and according to his Twitter page, he self-describes as an amoeba, a tulip gardener, and an unlicensed software engineer. But you know, you might know him better as one of the wizards behind Spectre Wallet. And of course, we have Camilla Campton, uh, and we have a special segment which we'll do in the middle of the show today called Six Confirmations that I'm very excited about. Now I'm out of breath, per usual. Uh, 
how's everyone doing today? It's Friday. Welcome. Excellent. Excellent. Developers, I know you like to go. Yeah, yeah we're they're good. All right. <laughs> Let me give you a little shit. <laughs> how's everybody doing? All right, Gary, why don't yeah. you start off with you? If you could tell everyone a little bit about yourself as well, beyond kind of the usual of what I, beyond my spiel, uh, then we'll move to Gloria and then to Ben. Well, as you said, I run Bitblock Boom. This is our fourth year, and it'll be our biggest event yet. And it it is sold out. Everything was sold out. Um, I now have found new venues for the Thursday night event and for the Friday night event, so those are back on sale. Um, I'm kind of locked into the hotel, so I, uh, I can't get many more people in that room. So that that's, that's going to be an issue. But it's nice to have it sold out. And I also do uh, every third Friday of the month here in Dallas, I do Bitblock Barbecue which is tonight, as soon as I leave here, I leave and head over to Dallas for some great barbecue. And uh, I just am a Bitcoiner. Um, that's about it, just Bitcoin. I don't mess with any shit coins. Good man. That's <laughs> fun, let's go. <laughs> All right, Gloria, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you came on the scene a little while ago. I tried to get you on the show. You said, no, I'm too busy coding for Bitcoin. I said, All right, that's a good excuse. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm Gloria. I'm from the Bay Area. I went to Berkeley. That's where I found Bitcoin. And I started contributing to Bitcoin Core about a year ago. And now I do it full time. I'm very lucky to be sponsored to do Bitcoin Core full time. I'm a fellow, one the fellow at Brink, which is uh, John Newberry and Mike Schmidt's um, open source Bitcoin development research fund. Um Oh, yeah. I love my job a lot. And I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, I wanted to point something out, by the way. So this is obviously the boomers and zoomers episode. And I, I hate both of those words, to be honest. I think Bitcoin is for everyone. I don't like labels. Um, and I don't know if you two know Gary very well, but he is, in fact, younger than both of you. Um, at least in spirit and in uh, mentally speaking. So you're going to have to keep up with him today. That's how this is working. Um, all right, Ben, who are you, my mm -hmm. man? Where are you from? Tell us your story. Tell us about Spectre Wallet. And then after yeah. that, we're going to go back to Gloria. And, and I need to know what what uh, package relays are. Because I that sounds like uh, when I work <laughs> on Amazon and I ship it to a different address and it gets sent to me. Maybe it's similar. But anyway, Ben, on to you. Yeah, sure. So I'm from Israel. I uh, got into Bitcoin around uh, 2017. I've uh, been working on Spectre Wallet, so contributing uh, on my free time um, since about a year ago. And right now, so starting this full time. Um, yeah, Spectre is just uh, an interface for interacting with uh, with Bitcoin Core, with hardware wallets, with multi-sig. Uh, so just making it easier to use Bitcoin Core. I love that. Um, I didn't know you were in Israel, actually. I, I was uh, thrown off by, by, by the Israeli accent. Makole. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Camilla, give us a preview of what's coming later. Tell us about the, uh, the segment. We're not going to do it just yet. But, okay. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be doing this new segment called Six Confirmations, and we're basically going to be go down memory lane of the past week of some of the biggest highlights in Bitcoin. I feel like 
every time a week passes, it feels like it's been a really long week and a lot of time has passed and you kind of get lost in time. So I think this will be an amazing way to just kind of remember what happened this week and get the conversation started with you guys as well to see what your thoughts are, if you're feeling bullish or not. So super excited to share those with you guys. Love that. Yeah. Like a week in Bitcoin feels like a year sometimes. And uh, it's I've been in Bitcoin for a number of years, so I'm, I'm like ancient here. Um, how did uh, how did you all get into Bitcoin? Um, like, Gloria, let's go to you. You're up in the Bay Area. You went to Berkeley. Is Bitcoin popular at Berkeley? I feel like the Bay Area kind of like doesn't like Bitcoin as much as they used to. Not at all. I think uh, Bay Area slash Silicon Valley, they're they're more into like new is better. Um, there, so Silicon Valley is always trying to find like the next innovative thing. Um, so they're very generous towards new ideas. Um, so they were generous to Bitcoin at first too, I think. Um, but they're not very patient. Um, so they're not okay with, you know, Bitcoin development timelines and they prefer more corporate, more high impact in their definition. Um, so yeah, it's more blockchain, crypto, DeFi, Ethereum, that kind of stuff. Um, so when I joined Blockchain at Berkeley, it like had just rebranded from Bitcoin Association to Blockchain at Berkeley. And then like three years later, when I was president, I tried to rebrand back to Bitcoin Association, but like nobody was having it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think I joined at the beginning of 2017 and... I don't have like a, I didn't come from traditional finance or anything. I wasn't particularly dissatisfied with my money or the system. I was just kind of looking for a club to join. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of very interesting computer science concepts to uh, grok in, in blockchain slash Bitcoin. Um, you know, you, as a CS student, you're like, oh, I never get to look at like cryptography and distributed systems or like math at all, really. Um, unless I like join a club where there's like other nerds like me who like to do this on Saturdays. Um, so that was where it kind of came from. And then I think after a while you get tired of every week, you're like, let's read the 20 white papers that came out this week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's like, you experience a lot of FOMO because I think Silicon Valley is always like, oh my God, there's like new things coming out every day. Like we need to invest in the right ones so that we can like, make money or whatever. But then after a while, I was kind of just like, okay, these are not really things that I care about. Um, I care about very specific things, uh, issues, and I'm like uniquely equipped to solve certain problems. Like I have a specific skill set, I have a specific set of problems I want to solve. And that happens to fit really well with Bitcoin. Um, yeah. It's, it's really interesting to me that, I mean, I guess I get it, but Silicon Valley, you know, they're looking for high impact. And to me, there's maybe, I think Bitcoin is just too simple. You know, sound money is too simple of an idea for them. And they don't, they, they miss the forest for the trees. And like, we all obviously know this, but like the impact that Bitcoin is having and can will continue to have is like, so, or maybe it's so big, it's so big that they just like, they can't see it. It's above their heads. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've always been surprised you don't see more interaction or more input out of Silicon Valley. You would think they'd be, uh, I don't know, maybe I just don't know enough, but just as a simpleton, I think that that would be all over this, you know? 
I mean, well, there's also, so much that can be done. Yeah, well, I think like Bitcoin's whole philosophy is like non-custodial. Everyone runs their own node. Nobody is tracking and putting like telemetry on everything. So like when you do Bitcoin core releases, you don't track like uh, how much do they download? What operating system are they using? Or like how long do they interact with their node or whatever? Like we don't do that kind of stuff. So it's very hard to measure the impact of um, <laughs> like cypherpunk shit. Um, and also when Silicon Valley is interested in a project, there are many, many ways to accelerate it or incubate it or whatever it is. Um, and that kind of requires taking ownership and like responsibility for a project success. Um, and I don't think Bitcoin is like the type of thing where like a VC is going to come in and be like, we're going to la 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 la. Um, it's, it's kind of more freedom oriented. So maybe it's not made for Silicon Valley, which is why, one of the reasons I like it. <laughs> yeah, obviously so, you're right about that, or else it would have already been the we'd have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. They'll everyone gets there in their own time. Uh, ben, I, I I love Israel. I'm Jewish. It's the homeland, but you know it's not a place. It is a place for Bitcoin, but it's also a place for a lot of shit coins. How did you how did you avoid all that? How did you make your way to Bitcoin? How did you how, how uh, does that? Yeah, I did, I I made my way like not not around it like right through it so i went through all the shitcoin phase and all this stuff at first uh you can't really escape it especially not here um but yeah so i i started with i just heard about bitcoin from friends just checked it out started reading about it a lot uh then you know shitcoin stuff like that for a while uh probably way too long <laughs> and yeah and then just realizing that all this stuff doesn't make any sense. I uh, just need to focus on Bitcoin. Um, so I just started to, to look out for, for uh, basically just learn more about the, the economic side uh, while contributing to open source projects, uh, uh, some contributions at BISC, for example. Uh, and then uh, around uh, early 2020, I started working on, uh, on Spectre. Um, so just basically just started with a few improvements for my own use and it kind of escalated from there to just uh, full time right now. I love that, man. Um, so we have a question from the from the audience. It's hoping what is the general consensus opinion of Bitcoin in Israel? Are, uh, are people for it, against it? Are they devaluing the shekel? Like what's going on? Are they printing shekels like there's no tomorrow? Like they are here? What's, what's the deal? I. Uh, yeah, so I think they are, yeah, they're pretty much like everywhere else, uh, I would say. Um, and yeah, it's kind of so that the, most of the public, like, doesn't really understand what it is. They think kind of, they're not really against it or something, but they're like, it's magical internet money. Uh, I don't know about it, anything. Uh, there is quite a large community, though, and people are generally quite open to it. Uh, they are open to also to a lot of shit coins, as we said, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, so the atmosphere is kind of positive on the one end, but on the regulation is kind of completely bullshit and taxation insane. So in terms of the government, it's kind of bad, but in terms of the people, it's quite good. That makes sense. 
Hmm. All right, Ben, you got to get out there. You got to like just hold up a sign on the beach in, in Tel Aviv and just spread the word because I don't know. What's interesting is one of one, I didn't have maybe one exact moment when Bitcoin clicked for me, but one of those aha moments was, you know, when I thought about like the history of the Jewish people, for example, and like having to pick up in the middle of the night and leave with nothing but the clothing on your back, you know, Bitcoin as money, as value that you can take with you anywhere, no matter what, that no one can take from you. That's really important. And I think it, it resonates not only with, with, with the Jewish people, but anyone who's been in a diaspora, you know, it makes sense. Um, Camilla, did your, when did your family come to the U.S.? How did that happen? Um, yeah, so it was actually my mom. She was a very young, single mom. So she was looking for an opportunity to come to America because there's other family members that came here. And whenever they would come back to Colombia, they would bring suitcases with all of these gifts. And it just seemed like it was very very generous and very wealthy and that there was just so many opportunities. So I actually moved here when I was six years old, which has been the biggest blessing of my life. And it's just in search of that, in search of the American dream, in search of how can you make more money and actually have a very secure life. So that's what we came here for. And now with Bitcoin, it's like, okay, you don't have to leave your country in order to get this. Hopefully, my vision for the future is that anyone anywhere around the world can feel that security and feel like they have control of their own their own money without any political agenda that's just breaking everything for everyone. So I'm optimistic. <laughs> Boom. This is this is why we Bitcoin. All right. Uh I'm asking the audience, we've got some more questions. We're going to take advantage of the fact that we have some, some developers with us, although I don't know if you'll have an opinion on this. Uh, one of our guests asked, taproot activation, how will the institutions react? Um, I don't know if either of you or Gary have, uh, have dove down the uh, taproot rabbit hole yet or have any thoughts. But I'm just familiar with it, but not enough to answer a question of any type. True or false, Gary? No, no. <laughs> True, I don't know enough. <laughs> I'm with you, Gary. It's okay. Gloria, I do know the term. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you've got something to say, Gloria. Hit us. Um, I think there's a difference between wanting Taproot and supporting Taproot in your software stack. And uh, I think the general public is not quite getting that sometimes when it when they talk about activation um i talked to someone yeah i, I don't want to offend anyone by the way <laughs> um everyone i think most people want taproot but it, yeah you know it is like you you have to write the code to support it and it's like not extremely easy or trivial um, I, I was told that all I have to do to support it is put a carrot in my handle on Twitter. So I did. <laughs> I support it. Yes. I think. Yeah. yeah. I miss well, that. I for miss some that. people, that's a very technical thing to do. So I um, <laughs> can understand some people needing a little more time. Uh, I think I, I had to, a talk with someone at PayPal or something, and they rely on some software that doesn't support SegWit yet. Um, and that was surprising to me, but yeah, you can't have Taproot without Segwit. So some people are very far behind. And 
I think they're also interested in like liability or something. Like whenever you say privacy, like for some reason, institutions hear like crime. Um, so they're always like, oh, like, what does this mean? Like, do I need to do extra stuff or something? Like they get a little nervous when it comes to legal stuff. So um, there's those things to consider. And that's all I have to say about institutions <laughs> reaction to taproot. Now, if you want to uh, go towards the, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, the route of what's not trending, but uh, controversial. That's the word I'm looking for. We could talk about CoinJoin implementations. I don't know if you all are seeing the spat that's happening on Twitter right now. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. I haven't. I have. Yeah. I, I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, uh, Matt and Francis, Matt O'Dell and Francis Puglia are going at it. And uh, I, yeah, I like been... both of those guys. So I'm exactly. getting involved. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's how Twitter feels. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, backing up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gloria, I want to move on to Ben, but before we do, you're not getting out of this. Okay. I want to know okay. what, what, uh, what was it? Relay packages? Yes. No. Package yeah. relay. Well, package relay. Sure. Uh, so as you all know, the mempool has a limited size. The default on core is 300 megabytes. And we don't assume that anyone has bigger than 300 megabytes. Uh, the problem with that is your mempool is essentially a tool to cache transactions you expect to see in the next block or several blocks. And yeah. so you sort by ancestor fee rate or descendant fee rate, and you purge transactions that are below a certain fee rate because miners are not going to mine that very, uh, very soon. Um, so that's what the mempool is used for. But when the mempool fills up, and you start purging low-fee transactions, that can be a little bit dangerous if you're trying to get a transaction confirmed very quickly. So, I mean, beyond just like, I want it in the next few hours so that my merchant, or so that the merchant can send me the item. Uh, if you're closing a Lightning Channel, for example, and it's not a cooperative close, or you know, maybe it's a time-locked contract, sometimes a spending path opens up after a certain number of blocks or some time lock, right? So it's very, very urgent that you get mined within X amount of time. Um, and so the ability to fee bump your transactions for inclusion in a block is very, very important for security. Um, but you're limited to mostly two options. One is replaced by fee and one is child pays for parent. So replaced by fee is you spend the same input, but you create a transaction with a higher fee. And this is, you know, it'd be nice, but you're not, you don't always have this option because first of all, you have to opt in. Um, there's, uh, there, you don't, you also also, sorry, you don't, you also don't always have control over the inputs. So you can't always sign a new transaction. For example, if this is a transaction you created with a malicious counterparty and the whole point is you're trying to swipe, sweep the funds because they are trying to cheat you, you're not gonna get them to sign a new transaction for you. Um, so in a lot of cases, you can only use child pays for parent. The problem with child pays for parent though, is you need to be able to say, hey, this is my parent and this is my child. I want you to validate them together. Otherwise, they're just gonna look at the parent and be like, oh, this is too low fee. I don't even care about it, I'm gonna throw it away. Uh, so package relay is the ability to send packages of transactions together and say, validate these together and look at their fee as a package. Um, and 
it's like non it's non-trivial because if you're saying like oh not only do you have to prevent dos vectors from unconfirmed transactions you now have to do it for packages of transactions that can add a multiplier if you're not careful to uh what dos vectors are available to uh malicious peers on um the p2p network so that's why it's difficult, but it is a very, very important thing that we're able to always fee bump transactions, even when our mempool is purging things that are below a certain fee rate. So you've Does solved this. It, 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 <laughs> have you solved this? Like a five-year project? Are you going to be done next week? What are the roadblocks? <laughs> uh, someone asked, do you need a bathing suit uh, to swim in the mempool? Uh, I think the answer is yes, personally, but... Uh, so, two, two questions uh, sure. there. <laughs> so the bathing suit question is absolutely. Um, and your other question was whether or not I have a roadmap. Was that your question? Or like how long yeah. is it going to take? Yeah, I mean, so it, there's a couple of ports to it. Most of what I'm working on right now is the mempool validation code, which is mostly centered on uh, preventing DOS vectors. Uh, so you want to be as efficient as possible. You want to limit the amount of resource allocation that can happen when you're validating their package. Um, I have a PR open for test mempool accept for packages. Hopefully people review that and it goes smoothly. And then after that, we talk about, okay, what P2P protocol changes um, make sense for peers talking to each other about packages. Um, so that'll be after we nail down the mempool validation code. Love it. Excited. Can't wait to hear more. Good luck. We're all rooting for you. But before I forget, I always forget, BitcoinDevilist.com. Everybody, everyone watching, go right now. Devote, uh, I can't. <laughs> Donate. <laughs> Donate. Donate money to Bitcoin development. Do it. Don't make me ask you again. I'm looking at you. Yeah, you right there at home. I see you. I see you not donating. All right. You can also donate to Brink Thought Death. You can also do that. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. As long as you support Bitcoin, whatever way you can, go out there, spread the word about Bitcoin, become a core dev like Gloria, uh, be like Ben, develop wallets, be like Gary, host conferences, be like Camilla, help with media and news and excitement and sharing the good word like I do. It doesn't matter. We can all support Bitcoin. That's why we're all here. We're here for sound money, to own our futures. I'm out of catchphrases, so we're going to move on to Ben. Ben, can you can you tell everyone a little bit about Spectre Wallet, uh, why they should use it, what you're working on right now, what you're excited about? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, Spectre yeah. is just yeah. basically a, a better interface for, for Bitcoin Core or just an easier interface to use. Uh, so Bitcoin Core is a ton of features. It's super great, uh, but the UI is kind of limited uh, for maybe obvious or non-obvious reasons, but it kind of has to be limited in some ways. Um, but so, for example, you don't have direct uh, integration with hardware wallets, although very soon, uh, if I remember correctly, um, you will be able to kind of indirectly uh, integrate hardware wallets. Uh, but there is no, not really a direct integration for, for hardware wallets. Um, Multisig is also uh, very tricky. And in general, there are kind of stuff which are lacking in terms of user experience that a lot of people would really like to have. 
Um, so what, what we do with Spectre is just provide uh, a nice interface to, to use Bitcoin Core. So you're using your own node. Um, you don't need to, to trust any third parties, uh, nothing like that. You don't need to uh, leak your privacy that way. Um, and you just use your Bitcoin Core node with this uh, and other interface. And you can use hardware wallets, you can do multi-sig setups, uh, whatever you want. Um, yeah, so right now what I'm working on uh, is just uh, to simplify the setup. So the last thing I, I finished was um, uh, adding basically setup from Spectre of Bitcoin Core. So instead of having to download Bitcoin Core and uh, set it up manually, uh, now Spectre will just download uh, the binaries, verify signatures, and run it for you. Um, you can also do like uh, what's called uh, a quick sync, uh, which means you're downloading uh, basically uh, an image of, of the current network. So uh, the, basically the status of the current UTXO set. Uh, and you're just, instead of uh, syncing, you can just start uh, right away with that. Um, eventually, I hope to do this also to allow uh, downloading, uh, the doing the IBD in the background so that you can start using right away. And then in a few days, you also have it uh, all fully validated. Uh, but right now, yeah, um, I do what I can. So well, it's like you're sold out. Looks like you're sold out of the uh, wallets. Sold out? Hmm? Is this is your are are you Spectre Solutions? Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we have two uh, two projects at at Spectre. So we have this uh, the Spectre Desktop, which is the software I'm mostly working on, and there is the Spectre DIY, uh, which which uh, Stepan uh, Snigorov is mostly working on. Uh, so that's a do-it-yourself hardware wallet for Bitcoin. Uh, the specific part that we are uh, we are selling is to add an extra um, um, smart card reader, so that uh, you can use also a secure element with with the Spectre DIY. Uh, but essentially, Spectre DIY is a project uh, for you to make your own outer wallet uh, from generic components. So you can order from uh, a generic hardware store uh, the board, and you can 3D print your case or something. And also you can order uh, the QR code scanner uh, and you're good to go with uh, with uh, your own uh, um, yeah, wallet. Is, oh, I'm sorry that your face was covered up just now. Let me fix that. But this is one one sexy hardware wallet. I, oh I've, got, my gosh. I've, got, I've got a 3D printer at home. I might have to turn, make this a side project. I've, I've also got to, uh, I've got to get Spectre running. So I might DM you if I run into trouble. But uh, yeah, sure. This is all super exciting. All right, Camilla, I think I think it's time for six confirmations. Uh, Gary, we're going to touch on BitBlock Boom again, but I want to do that after six confirmations. So uh, our guests, you can kind of take a little break. Camilla is going to share some uh, share some headlines from the week, um, and then we're going to discuss. All right, Camilla, give me one second. I know you're prepared. I am not, so give me a second. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, wasting so, time. So we go through all six confirmations at the same time, and then we kind of talk about them. Or do you want me to pause, let our guests give their I opinion? I think we run through uh, run through all of them, and then whichever ones kind of stand out the most, uh, we'll, we'll discuss. How's that sound? Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, everyone. Actually, wait, no. 
I'm uh, I'm gonna do a little uh, swan chill. Sorry, folks. Had to has to happen. <laughs> All right, folks. This is called the mid roll swan chill. For those of you who are not signed up for swan, if you're already signed up, you can ignore me. But a quick reminder that Swan Bitcoin is the easiest and best way to buy Bitcoin in the United States, and that your first buy is on us. Sign up today at SwanBitcoin.com, and you will get ten dollars of free Bitcoin. We are live in all fifty states and territories, including Puerto Rico. We offer automatic recurring buys, and we recently—oh, sorry—and instant buys. And we recently launched Swan Private for corporations and high net worth individuals. We also accept wires for larger amounts if you're uh, if you're international. Um, and if you're interested in the um, the Swan Private services, you can go to swanbitcoin.com slash private. Um, I wrote this down. I was going to be all fancy and introduce Camilla's segment. I apparently just did it before. I forgot. But I'm still going to read it. So, and that for our new segment that we are calling Six Confirmations, Camilla Campton, our social media manager over at Swan, is going to share six of the top Bitcoin headlines from the week. And then we will bring our guests back in to discuss. All right, Camilla. Take it away. All right, guys. Welcome to Six Confirmations. And of course, the first one we have to talk about it is that Bitcoin hit all-time high last weekend. So it was a little over 61K, which got me super excited because that was my birthday wish for Stacy since it was her birthday last year. And the question is, will we hit another all-time high this weekend? Some people say it doesn't matter because one Bitcoin will always equal one Bitcoin. Moving on to the next one, Brecky. All right. India set to ban Bitcoin Again, this is a crazy one because a new bill was proposed to penalize those who hold, trade, or mine digital assets, including Bitcoin. So the Reserve Bank of India attempted to ban Bitcoin three years ago, and it didn't really work. So they're attempting to do this again. But the proposal ban seems to be uh, non-impactful on the transaction value as of now. India maintained a consistent local Bitcoin volume of about 1.5 million per week since March 3rd of this year. So Bitcoin is really unbothered by this. Next one, Brecky. <laughs> All right, so Michael Saylor strikes again. He bought more Bitcoin. And I have the number right here because it's a really long. So MicroStrategy has purchased an additional 262 Bitcoins for 15 point million in cash. That is a lot of Bitcoin. The price per Bitcoin was around $57,146. As we all know, Michael Saylor is a giga chad and he maintains that position, which is crazy. And we hope that others will follow as well. Yeah. Next one. All right, Brecky, get this. Morgan Stanley had no choice because they're going to become the... First, U.S. Bank to offer its wealthy clients access to Bitcoin funds. The really cool thing about this is that this is because their clients were demanding it. So in retrospect, it was kind of inevitable. Um, the clients must have at least $2 million in assets held by the firm. So we see, we're going to see how this plays out. Make sure you start stacking if you haven't already before all these big clients come in and start taking your sats. Next one, Brecky. All right, so bullish on Brazil. 
Brazil becomes the first country in Latin America to approve a BTC exchange traded fund. This is going to take place in June. And we're just wondering which country will be next. They do say that the U.S. could be the next country to start approving these Bitcoin ETFs. And the last one. (laughs) This is a funny one that happened today. We had a tweet rolling out where it became kind of viral. And as you all know, Augustine Carstens, if that's what you call it, gave us his vision for the future. So his vision is that he wants central he wants central banks to take control of money via banning cash in favor of central bank digital currencies. What is really interesting is that these people, the central banks, are literally telling the world that they want to control your money. And I just want to finalize this by saying a really funny tweet that I read earlier. And is that it looks like this guy wants to have control over the food that you're allowed to buy. So in order for that not to happen, make sure that you keep stacking sats, buying Bitcoin, because we do not want this guy to accomplish his mission of taking control of our money. And those are the six confirmations. Very good. Very good six. Yes. (laughs) Miller, that was great for a first run. I love it. Let's discuss. Um, the question is, which one do we want to discuss first? Did any of them pop out to pop out to you, to our guests here, Gary? I know you you seem to have some thoughts. I could see you when when Camilla was there. I get to see all the guests and their facial expressions, and I saw Gloria working on code. Uh, <laughs> well, I was being attacked by my wife off camera, so that was, that was the facial expressions. <laughs> I knew someone was watching what was happening. (laughs) (laughs) The funniest part is uh, our, we use this streaming software for both of our shows. And sometimes Brady who hosts Quan Signal Live will forget to X out the window. And I just have a view right into his, his, his bedroom. And uh, I haven't seen anything bad yet, but Brady, (laughs) you be careful, Brady. Remember to close out the window for me. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's work our way backwards. Maybe. August, what's his Augustus Carson Carstens? I always forget his name. I just think I refer to him as like the uh, the penguin kingpin, kingpin yeah. basically. Yeah, he's a a ridiculous human being. I, he kind of disgusts me. I don't I don't really have many thoughts. Ben, you seem to have some thoughts on on, on the the final boss for Bitcoin. What do you say? Uh he's just awful. Uh, yeah, the tweet. Uh, yeah, the tweet is. Uh, I'm glad to to just shit on him whenever I can. So, yeah. Yeah, that was Ben's tweet, by the way. I just oh, wanted yeah. to. Add yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just to be honest, he's just awful. So I I couldn't believe that in the video he's like, uh, it it feels like you know the the scene in in the Big Short when they're just saying that they're not you, they're not confessing, they're bragging. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it feels. Uh, so yeah, he's just talking about how the central bank will have absolute control about how you can transact and they will regulate tran- yeah, your transactions uh, compared to their very limited uh, capability to regulate cash. So yeah, I'm just, I mean, they really can, Bitcoin just really ensures that a cashless society will not, will not happen. You hear that folks? 
this is your call to action, all right? Go download Bitcoin Core, start using Spectre Wallet, opt out of the system, be your own bank, own your own money. It's time. It's time, folks. You got to do it. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. If you're watching this show, you can do it. And if you, uh, if you can't do it, you can bother Ben and he'll, uh, he'll help you out. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Let's, uh, Camilla, do you, are there any of them that you want to discuss in particular? I have a few, but it's your segment. So. Um, I really, I, the news about Morgan Stanley, um, I've, I feel like people's reactions weren't as big to that as I would have thought. So it's just interesting that as we go through this bull run, we have like bullish news and it's interesting to see which ones actually perk up people's interests or not. And I for sure thought this was going to be a lot more impactful than kind of like brush it, brush it off. So I feel like this would be a good one to discuss. If it's actually a big deal or not. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's so interesting. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen the effects of it yet. So you know, I think Bitcoin is is maturing a little bit. The space is maturing, and you know, we don't always you know the news people don't always buy the news anymore. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I was having some thoughts when I saw this. Um, I I know this sounds crazy. I kind of wish this this was the top of the market, just so that all these bankers would feel the pain a little bit after buying Bitcoin. Um, but then I realized, you know, and, you know, that'd be something I would laugh about, but I can, we can also laugh about the fact that the bankers are going to, you know, pump our bags. So, you know, that's, that's okay too. It's uh, not the end of the world. Um, kind of makes me think of 2019 when we kept waiting on Bach to come out, you know, <laughs> oh, Bach's coming out. New York stock exchange is getting involved here and nothing happened. I mean, you know, so that's what it kind of reminds me of, uh, so I, th- I think I've gotten excited about things like this so many times that I'm kind of going, okay. We're just, we're used to it by this point. We don't even think about it. You know, like uh, Gloria, do you even look at the price? Do you even care? You're just focused on, you know, on helping Bitcoin. Like, I, I feel like if you've been in this space long enough, it's just like, eh, it's, an, it's inevitable. I never look at the price because every time I do, I cry that I don't have enough Bitcoin. There's <laughs> <laughs> no reason to cry. Yeah, that reminds me of Michael Saylor, which is one of your topics that, you know, when he first bought Bitcoin, I believe I read that he bought 17,000 Bitcoin for himself before uh, MicroStrategy started buying it. And he woke up at night after buying 17,000 Bitcoins going, oh, my gosh, I didn't buy enough. I mean, you know, so it doesn't matter how many you have. Obviously, you know, you always have that feeling. Always. Yeah, he does have enough if all of his news every single week oh, i bought more i bought some more it's like we get it michael you're gonna keep buying no matter what enough michael sailor all right if you're watching the show you know it's it's time you know leave some for the rest of us okay there's plenty of bitcoin out there and we all but we need some we need some um gloria before we move on you know i just want to clear something up as a core developer, you say you don't have enough Bitcoin. You can't give yourself more Bitcoin, right? All right. Core developers don't control Bitcoin. You can't give yourself more just because you want to. You know, some people think that that's possible. Can you uh, clear the air here? Maybe. You can't rewrite the code and give yourself an extra, you know, 17,000 Bitcoin. Or tap into Satoshi's Bitcoin and get some of that. <laughs> you know, honestly, 
I have dreams about that sometimes where an envelope shows <laughs> up on my doorstep with some private keys. Toshi being like, you're doing good work. Bitcoin. I would love that. So Toshi, if you're out there, uh-uh. please. My address is, no, I'm just kidding. That's um, right. <laughs> Do you really dream about that? Or are you just making that up? I, I daydream about it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I look at the price. But I mean, I think Bitcoin gets a lot of um criticism for it being very similar to a lot of other projects or other things that we've seen in the in the world where like a bunch of people get rich off of it and then a lot of people get fucked and the impact the social impact on society with the things that we care about like i don't know fairness and you know giving power back to the people is like very at odds with who gets rich like who benefits is not the people that we want to benefit. So um, I think talking about price a lot kind of doesn't help with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, it doesn't really matter that much. I think as long as it works for the people that need Bitcoin, like I imagine like when you go to the store, like I use a credit card a lot of the time or cash or something. I don't use Bitcoin that often, but there are people who really need to use it. And as long as it works for the people who need it, I think... Bitcoin is doing well. Um, if it's getting censored, if its purchasing power goes to zero, that might be a um, concern of mine. But other than that, I don't think the price matters that much. No, yeah, I think right. that'd be a big concern. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. If it, if it goes anywhere close to zero, I will buy 17,000 Bitcoin. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, you and Michael is- can then have a picnic and... <laughs> <laughs> Them from, when Michael panic sells, I will buy them. Um, but no, Gloria's right. Like the thing about Bitcoin is, yes, it's helping people today. It's helping people uh, all across the world. People who are getting censored. It's helping me preserve purchasing power against inflation from the state. Um, you know, it's self-sovereign money. But the reality is, you know, Bitcoin succeeds. And in a hundred years, if you're born without a pot to piss in, if you're able to work and earn Bitcoin and save in Bitcoin and you know participate in, a, in an economy built on sound money. You know, then Bitcoin is one. The people who are getting rich early or who got rich early, like, great, that's fine. Good for them for taking a risk early in the early days. And, you know, if, the, if you bought Bitcoin in 2010 and you held through now, like you deserve that. You deserve that. You know, but this is about the future. It's about creating a more fair world. Um, so that's uh, that's why I'm here. Um, I'm trying to see. Do we want to talk about India? I feel like the they every they, day. They've never done that, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brazil was bullish. That's kind of cool, but again, I guess we'll wait. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens there. Um, we already talked about the big boss, so all right. We talk about him like at least once a week. I mean, my gosh, every week he buys fifteen million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Oh, I was yeah. talking about the final boss, uh, about oh. Oh. but yes, we do talk about Sailor uh, <laughs> far too too often. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, Let's move on to BitBlock Boom. Gary, can you tell everyone a bit more about the conference? How do, I want to know how the conference started, first of all. Um, and then I want to hear what you're excited about for this year. Well, you, yeah, really, um, I'd been in Bitcoin, started in 2017, I guess, was year one. And I'd been in Bitcoin for maybe six months, <laughs> five months. And I said, I'm going to do a conference. And uh, I did a conference and everybody just about that I called said they'd come. I called Pierre Rochard, Michael Goldstein, Safedema Moose. So, I mean, people were coming and uh, I just said, hell, we're going to throw a conference. Myself and 
a friend of mine, Tony Casala, uh, Casillas, I can't think of his name, Sakala, excuse me, through the conference uh, the first year. And it was a big hit. Uh, but most of the people, you know, because it was a new conference, most of the tickets, you know, we were having the discount, just trying to get people there. Because I had the funny thing was I had all these people coming to speak who were great names, but I didn't have that many people buying tickets. Um, maybe I wasn't a good marketer. Who knows why? So we did everything we spent. Tony and I spent like every day going to meetups, going to things, trying to sell tickets, get people to come. And it finally worked. But uh, then Tony decided that uh, he wasn't interested in continuing with it because it was a lot of work, uh, especially the first year. So I continued doing it. And we basically I think I think what really worked for us was the fact that it was a Bitcoin maximalist event, not just a crypto event where I think it had been a lot easier and a lot more profitable to do a crypto event, you know, because, you know, if you ask someone to sponsor your event and they can just make up money. You know, I mean, they actually can make it like Tron or somebody. It's a lot easier for them to sponsor an event or pay big dollars for a table where there's no one making up some more Bitcoin. You know, so it's kind of harder, I think, to start a Bitcoin maximalist event. I think that's why you see a lot of people also um, that do Bitcoin events. They really aren't. A lot of them that say they're Bitcoin events really are walking a perimeter to me and walking that edge where you've been to my event. There's nothing there. That's not Bitcoin related. If you come now, even it's like, if you have an exchange and you wanted to come in, I'm going, you know what? You have a lot of shit coins on your exchange. I can't really have you at my event. I'm really pretty strong on that. Um, real strong on that as a matter of fact. So, you know, and it's hurt my sponsors, but it's a great event. And if you're a Bitcoin maximalist, I mean, it's in heaven. Everybody there is talking, your your language you know we have one real rule at bitblock boom is the first time you get caught talking about a shit coin someone comes over to the table and talks to you the second time someone reports you for talking about a shit coin they ask you to go out in the hallway and we have a conversation with you and the third time you're kicked out of the conference so this is a pretty tough event here um this is not this is, you don't even want to come to this if you want to talk about shit coins you sound like Clubhouse in real life, like a more intense version of Clubhouse in real life. Like, hey, first warning, second warning, and then you're you're out the room. I right? say that all the time. That that's the rules. So people who come pretty much should know the rules without me even. And I think when I get on the stage and start it off, I tell people, hey, you know, I don't want to hear any shit coiners. I, I did want to, you know, before going further, though, I did want to show this off real quick. Ricky gave me that year, uh, first year he came. I guess that was the second year when you came. Yeah. I can't remember what, 2018 you came? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had this when my wife was in here during uh, Camellia's talk. I said, give me that thing. <laughs> it was, it really was one hell of a conference. You know, so many, so many memories. You really, I, you really got to meet people and talk to people. You know, that was kind of when I was like forming some of, like my really close relationships in the Bitcoin space. Like we, we went to a gun range and we, we shot guns because it was Texas. And I found out that Saifedean Amus wears Vibram's shoes. Who knew? Like the ones with the toes. You don't know that when you read the Bitcoin standard, but you, you get to know people at, at, a, at a Bitcoin conference. He wears those everywhere too. <laughs> he does. You know, and this and, year we're working on a gun event right now. I was talking to someone about a gun event. But, you know, I think the thing that makes BitBlock boom – Really good is the fact that it's a small crowd. Like this year, we limited it to 300. I probably could sell 600 tickets. I sold out a month ago, and it's not until the end of August. So you can go 
to bit block boom, be with your people you want to hang out with. And the people who are speaking are in the audience. They aren't like speaking and then leaving because there's so many people that want to talk to them. So, and then they go to the events at night. It's like I contacted a Michael Saylor's people about coming and they said, sure, he can come. He uh, can zoom in. I said, no, he can't zoom in. I said, he's on TV enough. I don't, he's on, he's zooming everywhere. I mean, how would that make my conference any good? I said, he either can come or we'll get someone else. So I haven't been told no yet. So the problem, we're, the problem Gary, is that Texas is landlocked and he can't bring his yacht to the conference. So it's, right. it's a hard one. Well, um, we're still, we're still hoping it's uh we've got one spot that's remained open for Michael. So Michael, if you hadn't be watching, you know what I'm talking about. Start the campaign. Retweet this to Michael Saylor. He knew who I was. All right. So, so we've got two messages for Michael. Michael, stop buying so much Bitcoin. Leave some for us. And two, go to Bitblock Boom. You'll really enjoy it. Um, one question from the audience before we move on to Swan Force Fridays, the Bitcoin pitches. Gary, somebody asked if uh, if Trace Mayer would be allowed at the conference. Is Trace Mayer allowed at the conference? Actually, he was supposed to speak last year, and I withdrew his invitation. So. You can take that. I like Trace. He's been a very nice, he's a nice guy. He's always been great to me. And I, I wrote that letter and it was a hard letter to write to someone I consider a friend. And I said, Trace, I, I'm sorry, but I have to withdraw the invitation to speak because I just uh, don't feel like uh, I can have you. Matter of fact, I had a ton of people email me right after the incident at Tones conference saying you need to withdraw it. And I told everybody, I said, I don't move that quick. Yeah, I'm 66. I've learned to like sit back and wait and it's march and it's not till august i don't have to decide you know the first week of march but by april may i i yeah it was not going to be good for the conference to have him there so you know so take it for what you want i think that shows you the answer there i feel man we talk about trace on this show too much i think it was all in a, a psyop i think he was just doing it to disappear but you know we'll, we'll see what happens um, all right, folks, it is coming up to that time towards the end of the show where we do what I call Swan Force Fridays. Uh, we put our guests on the spot. Hold on. It's my show. I'm the one talking. There you go. Um, we put our guests on the spot and we ask them to give us their best Bitcoin pitch. Um, now, generally, the way this works is you can pitch your friends, your family, anybody. Um, so I ask you to just tell us who you're going to pitch um, and then you'll do the pitch. I have some suggestions. You don't have to take them. Uh, Gloria, if you'd like, uh, maybe pitch the Zoomers in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. Tell them why you think Bitcoin's so special. But if you want to pitch somebody else, that's all right. Gary, I'd love if you could give us the boomer pitch for Bitcoin. Um, ben, uh, who would be funny? Like, could you pitch Netanyahu on Bitcoin or something? I don't know. Or whoever. <laughs> Uh, so who wants to go first? That is the big question. I need a volunteer. Ben does, I think. No, it's Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody raise your hand. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick someone at random. Camelia. <laughs> Camilla, do you want to you break the ice for our guests? Oh, did we lose Camilla? Is she frozen? She's know. just making like really? she's frozen. So <laughs> that, the answer. Sorry, connection. <laughs> no, no, I need Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin, it's self-sovereign money. It lets you own your future. It's money that you can take anywhere. It's money that no one can take away from you. And it's money that can't be inflated. All right. Uh, ben, I'm putting you on the spot. Who do you want okay. to pick? And uh, then we'll start the countdown. 
Uh, yeah, uh, I have no idea who do I want to pitch to, but I'll do my best anyway. You should, you should pitch. You should pitch the person you tweeted about earlier. Yeah, that would yeah, be a great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's try. It. Uh, yeah. In three, two, one. Yeah, so the entire idea of Bitcoin is to stop people like you from trying to control everybody's lives. So, yeah, Bitcoin, uh, instead, you're trying to ban cash, you're trying to ban private transactions, you want to control and regulate uh, what everybody is doing, you want to monitor that and be able to control and decide what everybody can or cannot do. Uh, Bitcoin says, fuck you. Bitcoin, uh, the, you can't stop Bitcoin. Uh, you can't stop people from transacting between each other. Uh, you can send money anywhere in the world. Uh, no borders, no uh, limitations. Uh, you can send money to any country in the world, uh, regardless of how friendly they are with our local politicians or something like that. Uh, and I don't need to ask permission anyone like you. Uh, you can't stop it. You can't freeze my account. Uh, you can't monitor my account. Um, so yeah, just fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Bitcoin will not let you download it. Uh, you cannot. Uh, you, you cannot uh, use it to fund your your cronies. You can't use it to fund wars. Um, you just you can't print more of it to to all your political needs. Uh, yeah, I love it. We uh, we've never amazing. had to take the pitch and just uh, turn it into an fu. But I, I, I'm with it. We did have Matt O'Dell once. Uh, we put him on the spot. We gave him 60 seconds. Matt O'Dell sat there with his drink, and he just let the clock run down. And I don't even think he said anything at the end. He just like looked at the camera. So that uh, your pitch and Matt O'Dell's are two that uh, stand out in my mind for being. Uh, quite original in terms of uh, flaunting the, uh, the format, but I'm with it. I like it. I can't right. look for that clock to start ticking. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I give extra time. When I'm enjoying the pitch, I'll give extra time, you know? So, all right. Uh, Gloria, Gary, would any, either of you like to volunteer? I'll go. I'll go. All right, Gary, we're going to put you on the spot. And I guess I'm going to pitch uh, boomers that are – I know, I know you do it all the time. You're sick of it, but, uh, you know, it's <laughs> all right. In two, one. Okay. You know, you have your money in your IRAs. You have them in 401ks. You have money in the bank. You might have some money in your assets and goals. You got a house that's paid off probably. So what are you sitting on all this money thinking is going to happen? You see what's happening with inflation. You can't tell me you can't. You guys like me have seen a Coke when it was six cents, a movie ticket when it was 35 cents. You know what has happened just over that amount of time. Now, now we're seeing inflation coming on steroids because they weren't printing up trillions of dollars back then when we saw that Coke go from six cents to $2.50. So if you just want to see your money be worth less and less, and you know, you know for a fact you aren't out blowing this money and traveling the world because you want to save it for your kids, okay? So if you want something left to pass down to those kids, you need to get in Bitcoin. And, okay, I understand. You don't want to throw everything in something and you don't even understand how it works because it's magical internet money. 
but you can throw 1% in there because I know when you come home at night and you look at your 401k, you look at your investments with Ameriprise or Fidelity, whoever you have them with, if, you're, if your fund's down 1%, you aren't over in the corner crying. You're just going to, uh, and you close the computer. So take that 1% at least, put it in Bitcoin so you can have something grow for your kids. What are the asset? And you've been doing this a long time like I have. What other asset have you seen average 200% over 12 years? Just tell me which one it is. I don't know it. So get into Bitcoin and start learning and buy some right away. Boom, Gary. Wonderful. Very Jeez, well done. That was amazing. These are like my <laughs> favorite pitches. <laughs> they're, get, they're getting better and better. All right, Gloria. Oh, no. <laughs> no, don't worry. I'll do, uh, I'll do a Silicon Valley. Hmm? Or what about this? What about pitching um, someone who wants to get into coding and development, why they should and how they should? We can We can modify the format for you a little bit. Or with Bitcoin, um, I can add that on. I don't know. <laughs> Do your thing, girl. You got this. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. I mean, this is to all the kids who went to college studying machine learning and shit, and now they're making buttons at some Silicon Valley company, or the people who. Uh, got reallocated or some soldier sitting in a giant ass company uh, who got reallocated during COVID to work on something they completely are not interested in. The people who work so hard just to end up pushing features out for some investors who don't even know what they want, but you got to appease someone up there who gets to call the shots. I think for me at some point, I thought that was going to be my life too. Uh, But Bitcoin is, freedom for me it's a place where you get to not build your own cages and add tracking to literally everything that you're building where you only make features when they benefit the user where you can make your own fucking code that works exactly how you want it and you're never going to be asked to trust that someone has your back or the legal system's going to work out in your favor if someone attacks you you verify it for yourself and you do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and you don't answer to anybody. So um, I guess in this digital world, if you want to survive, learn how to code and buy Bitcoin and figure out your own shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, awesome. Are you kidding me? That was amazing. Good job. Blown away uh, for everyone at home who doesn't think that core developers or developers in general are, aren't rock stars, are rock stars. Anyway, not, there's Rockstar Dev, and he kind of stole the title, but everyone who's working on Bitcoin in any way is a freaking rock star in my book. So thank you all. Um, this was a really fun show. I really enjoyed it. Thank you to our guests. Um, I'll let you get back to coding now. Go save the freaking world. Fine, do your thing. I'm going to do a quick swan chill, and, uh, and we will see you all next time. Thank you again. All right, folks, you know what's coming. Smash that like button if you love Bitcoin, if you love Bitcoin development. Oh, go to BitcoinDevList.com. I I can't say that word again. Uh, Donate money to Bitcoin development. And if you are looking to start buying Bitcoin, 
go to swanbitcoin.com. You will get $10 of Bitcoin when you sign up. Uh, we make it incredibly easy to buy Bitcoin automatically. I buy Bitcoin every single day, just a little bit. I'm always stacking constantly. We've got the lowest fees uh, for a product like this, like 80% lower than Coinbase. Um, screw Coinbase. Nobody likes Coinbase. Get away from Coinbase. Delete Coinbase. What are you doing? Come on. Enough of that shit. All right. Um, I think you've heard me talk for long enough. Um, it's Friday. You've got other things to do. You've got you know a weekend to, to tackle. You've got a Bitcoin full node to, to start uh, running. You've got Spectre wallet to download. You've got a, a Spectre uh, hardware wallet to 3D print, all right? So go out there, be the best Bitcoiners you can. Get people involved in Bitcoin. Use our referral program. Sign up at swanbitcoin.com slash enlist and get paid to recruit Bitcoiners. Um, and finally, don't forget, we have Bitcoin TV, folks. Go to BitcoinTV.network. We have a 24-7 stream of Bitcoin content. We just updated the UX very quietly. We just did it. We got some more UX upgrades coming. Uh, it has a little price ticker if you want to look at the price. It also has the block height. You can look at the block height. We're going to be adding sats per dollar as well. Um, there's a 24-7 chat going up there, too, so you can always chat with Bitcoiners. Uh, all right, you're bored of me. I'm out of breath. This has been a great Swan Lounge, folks. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. On behalf of the Swan team, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Swan Lounge, the Swan Signal podcast. It's fun to join us live on the YouTube broadcast at youtube.com slash swansignal. Head over there, subscribe, and turn on notifications. We have a lot of fun in the live chat, and we often work in some questions from listeners. Swan Signal is a production of Swan Bitcoin at swanbitcoin.com, the best way to accumulate Bitcoin. Follow us on Twitter at swanbitcoin and subscribe to the podcast at swansignalpodcast.com.